Hey, welcome to our inaugural podcast as we are a bunch of sassholes living in a new, uh, a new COVID era of living and thought, why not transfer our knowledge and experience through a podcast? How's that sound, Pete? That's a great idea. What kind of knowledge do we have? Not much. Like my name is Jamie Cardi and you've already heard from Pete. We're, ec- uh, um, the expert and ultimate sasshole Pete Jansen's has been uh, chiming in already. Combined, we have over 60 years of experience running small uh, to large, uh, scaling to large sales teams and overseeing all facets of operations from finance to product to sales. We also have experience in starting up new ventures and wish we had more time and money to start up more. Which brings us to our first sponsor, NeuroNoodle. Get a doodle of your noodle today at NeuroNoodle. If you suffer from ADHD, anxiety, concussion protocol, and many other health issues, you should consider a treatment like neurofeedback. The results are amazing. I can attest I have two of my children have been using these services with dramatic change in their behaviors and has been amazing to witness. In errors like today, with the COVID health scare, mental health has to be a priority. Try neurofeedback by visiting neuronoodle.com. Check that place out. I, I got to get some wires uncrossed. Today, so I, what's the first? What's the first question that came so, in, Mr. Carter? Yeah. So today, I think I wanted to chat about a lot of questions uh, that we get. And, and nature and how a lot of. Uh, losing you mr carney they're robotic in nature and, and they lead to a lot of bad behavior so i thought the first question we could start with uh asking you pete is what is the best way to uh, to create a sales comp plan and you could you could take that anyway i know it's pretty vague oh man well try to get this thing to 20 minutes well a comp plan i mean we're what, what is a comp plan? A comp plan is to motivate uh, behavior with some, some type of money, right? Yes. So ge- generally, we want to motivate behavior of people to get to a certain amount of sales, a certain level, if you're a non-sales, uh, to be productive for the company so the company can be productive and hit the numbers that they got to hit. So what's what's the right comp plan? I think it kind of starts with what's, what's the target the company got to hit. I mean, you're the, you're the finance. So I always struggle with that. So the target that the company, and this is where the short-sighted nature comes into play. And this is where really the QAM model or the quota allocation model gets thrown around. Um, The target that the company needs to hit can either be hit in two ways. Um, one, you raise someone's quota, or two, you hire more. Hold on, you're cutting out, Carney. Now you're back. Okay. I, I always feel like... One. I think you, you gave two, and I think there's a third. Doesn't it all start with the board meeting? Yes, but I think resource planning is the biggest culprit and the reason why quotas get out of take. I think you're, you often say, how many people do you want to win? Meaning how many 
blunt. Right. Where I was going with on the, on the number three was sometimes you can't accept the number that's given to you. Some people yes, take a number. I mean, it's a it's a number based on the resources that you have. Realistically, can you get in the in the next twelve months? Sometimes you can't accept the number. I mean, you have to show why, but too often you get leaders that say, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And they'll do it on faith. And then, you know, six months in they're 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 seeing that they're running into problems. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Use for finance. It's usually focus in the next 12 months when you really, you need to start doing these quote allocation models, three to five year plans almost as a resource planning model so that you're not increasing quotas 20% because the board, you know what the board is going to expect in, in, in a random way. Uh, a lot of finance teams are doing monthly reforecasts for the entire year. So, you know, sort of at every single month where you think you're going to finish and you sort of know what the board's growth expectations are going to be. So therefore you should be updating that. Understand when you need to start hiring, especially if there's a significant amount of ramp time and needed for a sales rep. <clears throat> the company I'm at now, you know, there is six to nine month ramp before they're really selling things. It takes them about three years to be, churning away and, and, and hitting quota. Uh, and I think that, man, that's, um, man, that's a long time. You know what I mean? Six to nine uh, months to, to, to bake that cake. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, if you don't have the right ingredients, I mean, ho- no, no, this is- no bueno. No bueno. So anyways, back to the comp plans. Carney. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think part of it is everybody has to accept from the top down what, what the number is. And I'm, I'm just talking from a sales standpoint and a lot of, a lot of problems you run into is you get the board number, then it's passed to the CEO. And then they pad it. They pass it to the, chief revenue officer and they pad it and what i mean pad is they 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 make the number higher than it needs to be and then low you know they have a better chance of hitting their number but when it gets down to the to the regular salesperson that has to go out there and execute it the number is so high that very few people win yeah it gets it gets to the point you're asking is like, how many people do you want to win? I mean, you can, you can read uh, books from the ZS associates, um, uh, Northwestern university, uh, the courses they teach on compensation and the, the numbers that they use are two thirds. You want two out. So you have the one third that aspires to, to get up with the two thirds versus, and you know, have a positive environment versus 
you have one third winning, then you have two thirds that are depressed trying to get up with, with the one third. And then you get a doom culture, you get a bad culture, then you get churn. And in your case, you're talking to take six to nine months to get somebody ramped up. You know, that, that's, a, that's a doom loop. Yeah. And I think there, I think there's a healthy, you, you, you obviously every company wants every sales rep to win, but I think the real goal is like you said, a third and, and what do you do with that third? There's a healthy churn and there's an unhealthy churn. No, you want, you want two, you want, you want two thirds to win. No, two, thir- yeah, that's what I meant. One third to, to, yeah. to lose. It doesn't mean you get rid of a third of your sales force that, um, that, uh, didn't win. Um, the amount of churn in in a Salesforce, a stagnant Salesforce that that doesn't have any churn usually leads to complacency, and and really, um, you know, we you should probably redevise your entire uh, um, Salesforce at that point from a hunter to far a hunter. Most of those people are probably more like farmers than hunters uh, after a certain point, um, but I think that third. because oh, they're mad you, you, you're, cut, you're cutting out man am i we gotta buy we gotta buy you better bluetooth <sighs> it's not a bluetooth it's connected to the computer um oh. i would say in the third that misses uh it's truly um you know you want to you want that or half gonna leave or they just can't see them hitting this number and they're frustrated. The other half is going to take it as a challenge and probably reconnect because they saw all their other friends hit the number and they know that they can hit it. And then that's where you make the business decision. Do you feel like these are the team, this is the team that you need? And I think the question, Pete, and and I don't know where you stand with this, but um, if 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 an if reps are winning year after year after year after year and then they're winning kind of easily, it usually means all they're doing is hitting their number by renewing their current accounts, and and they're really not hunters; they're more like farmers, and yet we're paying them like hunters. So the other question I often get from clients is, when do you switch to a hunter farmer model? When do you switch comp plans where the guys that are now have the great relationships, but all they're doing is sending over their next contract and hitting their number because they've got the best con- the, the best uh, accounts and best contract or best con- um, contacts. Well, I mean, sales is a relationship business. It depends, you know. Is it because of the product that you're selling, or is it the, you know the re- the relationship that the the rep has with with the client? If you if you have a bad product, then you better have a really good relationship, mm-hmm. right? If you have a, if you have a if you have a really good product, it works. It's self-explanatory. You you, you really don't need uh, that intense of a, a salesperson to. Uh, keep the relationship because the product is the relationship right the the experience the service whatever you know that they're getting yeah so so i think the way i look at it is 
if you have somebody that's really experienced, you know, if you can fill up their calendars with work, because salespeople want to work. I mean, they want to sell. What they don't want to do is, is, is prospect, right? Mm-hmm. You take all these, these, these reps that have the skill. A lot of them are burnt out to make phone calls, you know, cold calls. And that's why you, that's why you got the hunter farmer. So, okay, great. You, you don't want to make new phone calls. Then here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up a, your calendar for you with eight appointments to run per day to renew business. Right. And, and you need somebody that's going to have to set, set these appointments for them. So, so where, where, where we're going is, I think it's, um, you know, distribution of uh, labor of, you know, concentrating on one aspect and that's where you're going with, you know, the hunter farmer. So there's only a certain amount of business one rep can do. You have to figure out what that is. Once, once that rep is maxed out on the hours that they want to work, that's another question that you have to figure out is how many hours do you want a person to work? You know, is it 40? Is it 50? Is it, well, I think I think our uh, we both had the same leader who would say, if you can't get your job done in forty hours, you're either not the right person, or we need to hire somebody because we're. Well, if you have somebody that's talented, you know, and if they want to do fifty, if you pay, even if you had to pay overtime, the amount of work that that talented person can do for 50 hours far outweighs 10 hours of the work of somebody that, you know, less quality. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, isn't it? They always say find the busiest person in the room and give them more work because that's the person the most valuable person in the room is. Um, I always find that to be just crazy, right? That person's always, Well, no, like like truly busy. Don't look busy. I mean, I've had sales reps that looked busy, and then I found out they were calling Bentley Community. Um, yeah, but so I I I get everything you're saying there. I'm just curious on, um, you know, switching to a hunter okay. farmer. Maybe it's really people should pull the trigger quicker on setting up those BDRs and the people setting up appointments. I think that's very valuable in this, in today's world so that the best reps you can give them, they can graduate and get two or three BDRs um, setting up appointments within all their orgs because they're great at at, uh, maybe running the appointment and, and, and getting that relationship, but maybe they're burnout of just doing the cold calling. What's your thoughts on that? No, I think that's exactly it. It's like you have somebody, number one, how many hours do you want to put in in a week? You have to figure that out. Yeah. Because because when you're going to determine headcount, you have to, you know, there's 2,000 hours in a year. So once you have a body that's exhausted the 2,000 hours, that's when you go and ask for another one, right? When those 2,000... So if you get 4,000, that's two people, 6,000, three, and so forth. The trick is knowing what they 
from when they come in and when they leave, what do they need to do and how much time does it take to do it? Okay, we all know it's not 40 hours, it's not 30 hours, it's not 50, it's, it's something in, somewhere in between is what, what a person is capable of doing at their expertise level. So whoever the best sales rep is, if you're gonna figure out a comp plan, I would say number one, how, what, what is the capacity of that person in, in sales? and in hours that they can put in a year to get those sales. Hmm. And then what do we want to pay that person? Because pay at risk, this is a whole nother topic, but I, I think that pay at risk one day will go away and every everybody will get paid a salary. And even sales people, why, why would we, everybody want to be paid the same? They won't be paid the same. The person that's bringing in the most money, you would give them a higher salary. If somebody wants to get a raise and they have to show they have the ability to pr produce revenue for, for a certain period of time before they get an increase. So getting back to compensation, I mean, it's you, you have to figure out what is the time they want to put in, what, what's the output from that time, and then when do you ask for another person? And then what does the market competitive wage look like? Right? Yeah. And then it comes down to, does it all, Sky, it comes down to the board number. If you add all this stuff up, you know, what, what does a person have to do? If your most talented person, if you had a head count of 100 and all 100 were at the level of your most talented person, you still can't get to the number. Somebody's got to fight back on the number. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. It does start really at the board. But you know what? I, I think it starts really at that qualm, that model, that resource model. And you've got to get out in front of the CEO and, and CFO and say, hey, this is what the resources we have and then uh, allow them to fight the fight with the board uh, saying that we don't have the resource or the capability of hitting a certain number without just dumping this all on, you know, the sales team and, and the frontline guys. You know, my mentality always being in the operation side has been everything you do should help sales be easier from product to comp plans, to sales ops, to sales. They're the ones on the front lines, you know, uh, telling people you're brave. That's your, and, and you need to support it. Well, I mean, you know what happens when you, you start with the board, to the CEO, to the chief revenue officer, to the vice presidents, to the directors, and then to the sales. You got six, seven levels of which everybody's trying to cover their ass to add, to pad the number. And when it gets down to the end level, you know, it's, it's not possible to hit it. Because, I mean, you know, you know, people are smart. You know, they're like, hey, yeah. wait a minute. If I'm the best person at the company, I can't get, you know, to this number. So that you know, that's something that has to has to be uh, 
has to come into play. So co compensation, you know, what's the market paying, right? And then for, let's just say it's 105 grand in Chicago. Okay, for that 105 grand, how many hours do you want that person to work? Because let's just say it's not the hunter farmer. It's like you are, these are your accounts. You, you take care of them. Here's your territory. You've got to build it up. Okay, great. How many hours do I got a cold call? How many hours do I got yeah. to do the right? And that's something that has because a lot of companies are, are smaller and they can't go to the, you know, to the hunter farmer. It's like you're the owner of the company and you're selling new business and you're renewing old business, right? Yeah. I think really at that point you need to, and this is where I think um, reps and your best reps need to buy into your strategy. And and that strategy is uh, a lot of times resourcing. Like if we're going to hire, you know, those BDRs, those, those appointment setters, this maybe you want them to be focused on setting appointments for your most talented sales reps. You should sit down with those sales reps and say, Hey, here's your quota. And here's your quota. Um, if we get a BDR to do your cold calling and, and, and create that team environment and that those best reps could either say yes or no. A lot of times we have great reps that we assign these BDRs to really. Somebody. And I'm not really involved in it and I'm not really going toe to toe and they're still great reps. They can still hit their number. And then some reps are great and they use those BDRs and they kill it every year and they make their life easier. So you almost need to sit down and make sure that you individualize for and would change because if we're going to give them more resources than somebody off the street, we should give them a higher quota, but they should know that and know that that's the reason and, and name those people that are involved on their team. Well, shouldn't it start, you keep going out in and out, so I'm hopping in, Carney. Oh, sorry. Doesn't it, doesn't it um, I mean, it starts with, what what is the company target to hit? Mm -hmm. And what does your business unit need to do to play a role in hitting that target, right? Yes. This is the amount of work that needs – this is the input that we need to get the output and to get to the target that we need to hit. I think everybody needs to see that because when you're talking about the strategy, it's, okay, yeah. this is what we have to do. You know, why does the company need to grow 8% or whatever the number is? Well, we're a number two player, number three, and we're trying to get to, you know, whatever the, you know, the reason is, everybody has to understand that, right? So you can do a kickoff, you can do, uh, you know, uh, beginning of the year meeting. I think everybody needs to understand that. And if somebody, if everybody understands, they don't have to like the goal, but they have to understand it. So if everybody understands it, we give them the option, hey, man, are you in on this? Because we're, we're going to hold tight to that number. Because what happens is you, you go in, you pad up the number, you get three to four months in, nobody's making their numbers, then you lower the number, then you have an integrity issue. It's almost like um, 
it's almost like the stock market now. Nobody's afraid of stocks going down because the you know the Fed will always prop it back up, right? So mm -hmm. if you get a culture of well, we don't have to hit our sales target because they'll just lower it, right? I don't think Amazon works that way. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think it's good. So I think you're I think you're basically saying we need to start at the board. We need to push back at the board based on resources uh, as much as possible. We need to be transparent with everyone on our team. And then we need to make a culture where two-thirds win. Um, and that's how you should – those are the three biggest points you need to do starting up a comp plan. Am I right? Well, you know, what's the market paying? Are you, do you want to be – yeah. This is a key, this is a key one. Do you want to be the top pair? Okay. If you're the top pair, then you probably don't have to spend as much on training because you're going to have less churn, right? You can be the lowest pair, but then you better have an incredible training team because everybody's going to quit. Yeah. Right. So you have to figure that out as well. If you if you have good human resources, I mean, I, I I'm I'm guessing the play it safe is you know in the medium. You know, being in the middle, what I've always done business was I, I, I paid the least. I got the people. What are you laughing at? I paid the, I, I paid the least. I paid the least. I got people that were hungry, and I gradually increased based on merit the money they made in order to get to a, to a two-thirds winning. Yeah. Don't ever lead with that it's not motivating hey well hold on now if if you're going to join a, uh, a company you can pay the least if you are educating them yeah there's a trade-off there i agree i'm just saying my name is pete that's not well, a... that's what, well that's well that's what i did <laughs> to teach you i always run a teaching hospital you want yes. to learn you want to learn sales. I'm not. I'm not going to pay you the most. I'm going to teach you the most. And over time, you will make more money. And either you'll make it more here, or I have no problems you making money somewhere else based on the education you got from here. Yeah. No, I understand. Well, hey, I think. I think that's a good way. Twenty-eight minute mark. So we did about eight minutes more than we thought on our first inaugural well, one. First so we'll we're, we'll. Yeah, we'll um, we'll see how this goes, and we'll keep going. Uh, try to do a new episode every week, at least. Okay, and uh, I'm gonna try that neuro noodle. Yeah, neuro noodle is a great way. They're our key sponsor here. We got to keep them happy. <laughs> we got to get defragged, defrag our mind. All right, all right, Mr. Carney. Let's see how this turns out.